0: Welcome to the Prime People Podcast, where we cover all things that got us to where we are today, our team building strategies, the marketing and sales tips that we've learned through thousands of transactions, productivity tips, ways to really just hold yourself accountable to accomplishing what you want to accomplish, and all things content creation, personal development, and not to mention, we have some of the best guests on the planet. Welcome to the Prime People Podcast. Today, I have the number one commercial broker on TikTok. Over a million followers featured on CoStar. I met her through the Surhand Organization. Aviva, welcome to the Prime People Podcast.
1: Thank you, Justin. I really appreciate you reaching out and having me.
0: Well, I definitely appreciate you being here. And I also definitely appreciate you making extra time for us because we got to chop it up for about 20 minutes before there was a recording issue. But it's going to be an even better episode because I have a depth of knowledge into a little bit of your background. You blew up on TikTok. You're killing it in the industrial warehousing game. You're a very dynamic person that does many different things. But let's do the TikTok story first because I know a lot of my viewers want to know, how do I get to a million followers? Can you break down tactically how you actually got started on TikTok and and how you got to a million followers
1: sure i want to preface this by saying uh what i'm about to tell you as a strategy still works on TikTok to this day and then can be directly applicable to growing on any other social media platform at the right time so uh you can do it too if you actually like what you're talking about anyway In March of 2020, when the world shut down, I had been hearing rumblings of a new social media platform. And by that, I mean, everybody was telling me that I needed to get on TikTok. And so um, understanding how the the history of social media platforms has played out, right? MySpace rose, then Facebook came, MySpace fell. Then... Instagram came uh Instagram rose, Facebook fell. Well, the natural progression is Instagram's on its way out. Mm. Sorry about that. No, so, you're fine. Uh, there's rumbling of TikTok. I I uh the world shuts down because of COVID and I start to test. I uh, I start to learn the TikTok algorithm by going to YouTube and Googling this is this is what gets applicable to any other social media platform. You just go to YouTube and you Google TikTok algorithm September 2022, and you're gonna find a bunch of videos for free about ex- and they're gonna tell you exactly what you need to do um, to grow on said platform. Now you have to understand if you want to do this strategy, you have to be aware what platforms are helping you with the algorithm, right? For so for example, in September 2022, you could still go viral on TikTok, tock. Um, but and grow, but it'd be way harder to grow on Instagram with photos right now, Yeah. or pretty much grow on Instagram in general. So you have to give a just and, and the way that you figure out what social media platform is coming into play is just googling that too. So Uh, YouTube University graduate over here, uh, started learning the algorithm, posting about my precious one-eyed cat. And that was in March of 2020 when the phone stopped ringing. Um, In commercial real estate in March of 2020, every deal fell through when the world shut down. Okay, maybe not every, but
0: most of them. I mean, all the AAA retail tenants and, and the people we were dealing with, the corporates walked away. We kept. We actually renegotiated the ma- majority of our deals with other tenants that were like medium small businesses, just saying, "Hey, we're in a, a good position to renegotiate. Let's do that." Right. That's what we saw.
1: It was brutal. I have a friend whose family owns a insane office building, and it was supposed to close in March of 2020, and the deal fell through. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So context in commercial real estate, our phone stopped ringing unless it was for property management, which was at that point, just trying to collect rent to be entirely honest or help people or sure, it was a disaster and I was bored. And so I started a TikTok page for my cat and I'm testing, I'm learning the algorithm, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, seeing what features work or why they work. And then, uh, one of my good friends called and he said, why in the world are you doing pictures of your cat? You need to be making video about videos about what you do for a living. There's no competition in the commercial real estate space. You have a lot of competition with the cat. And I looked at my cat and I said, sorry, dude, it's over for you. Just- poor
0: guy. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: You're fired as You're
0: fired harry too too many cat videos on the internet i think we all know that
1: <laughs> Okay, watch it he's listening
0: no i'm kidding harry he's like he's just sitting there with his phone right now he's like i'll show you it's <laughs> september 22 he's looking up the algorithm right now as we speak
1: <laughs> so um anyway start i kind of realized there wasn't a lot about commercial real estate on tiktok there were there were like a few other guys on there and you know sometimes talking about commercial real estate can be very dry mm-hmm. and so I, I found ways to be, deliver the information in a way that were less dry and people like i i learned that there were a lot of people on the internet who want to learn about commercial real estate because it's an extremely gate kept industry but it's changing. And we're going to talk about that later in this part. It is
0: actually. Yeah. Actually in our previous non-recording, I kind of mm. went off on a tangent about commercial real estate. So maybe good. We didn't record that. Uh, but you know, what I think is very interesting is you go on YouTube, you start learning about the algorithm. Did it take a level of discipline for you to keep up a cadence of testing? Like how did you start doing something you didn't do before? Cause I think a lot of people will do it once and then they won't do it for a week or two and be like, ah, it doesn't work.
1: Okay. Sure. Well, let me tell you a little secret about social media. It is a long play, Yeah. but so is commercial real estate. Yeah. So, so I've got these two, uh, I for, personally, I've got these two things I'm really devoted to commercial real estate and then marketing commercial real estate. And I, I, I suppose what I'm saying is I know a lot of people will post once, twice, three times nothing happens and walk away. Yep. And like for context, I was at the beginning of like my TikTok career, it was like four to eight times a day. Wow. And a lot of it is is testing, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work. I um I noticed that TikTok is like extremely not landlord friendly. And when I would post a pro landlord TikTok, I would get ripped to shreds. So I realized that I needed to talk to the audience, and I would be, people would essentially retain my information um, with more open arms.
0: So your messaging, too, because we were talking about this earlier, how you'll even talk to the people about residential real estate in context to, you know, there's a lot of similar concepts that apply in residential real estate, apply in industrial warehousing, right? Which is your niche. And I think we'll get into that in a couple of minutes. And I think people just are so scared about commercial real estate. It seems so complicated when in reality, it's a lot simpler than some of the the residential real estate investment vehicles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Here's a secret. It's way easier to invest in commercial real estate than it is in residential unless you want to be dealing with tenants all the time. If you want to be dealing with tenants all the time, you should definitely go into residential real estate. And they'll call you on Sunday nights. They'll call you all the time.
0: <laughs> what, what's a triple net lease mean? Do you educate the non-commercial realtors that are watching this right now?
1: Sure. So a triple net lease is a lease that essentially says the tenant pays the rent and then they pay the expenses that are, uh, okay, you pay your rent, you pay your expenses. Triple nets are property taxes, insurance and property management generally. So you have your rent, your triple net expenses, and then your utilities, you pay over and above that. Now in the triple net lease, this is what we're, this structure of a lease that we're referring to the wording of the triple net lease says that everything inside the unit is the responsibility of the tenant if it breaks. So you have one multifamily complex with four units. Okay. One apartment building, four units, one warehouse with four units, in your multi-family building with four units you have four disposals four refrigerators four dishwashers you got laundry
0: toilets everything
1: toilets well you have toilets in in warehouses but so, yeah. when any of those systems break you're getting a call the landlord's getting a call or a property manager's getting a call and then paying for it now in a warehouse you don't have any of those four disposals, four dishwashers. You don't have anything in a warehouse. It's four walls, an HVAC unit, a garage door, a roof, and a parking lot. That's literally what it is. Now in a triple net lease, the tenant is then responsible. If there's a leaky toilet, they are responsible to fix it and pay for it. Now there's different iterations of this lease. However, it's a really big thing in commercial real estate, and everybody's talking about it.
0: Well, I, I enjoy the breakdown, and the reason I asked you that question was within that ex- explanation. If we were going to step back into the the TikTok content creation piece, you probably have fifteen pieces of content that you just broke down, right? About all of the different stages of a trip on that lease, and and you know, you took a a dry subject, you made it interesting to people that are in the investing space. How do you compartmentalize that? Like, how were you actually coming up with ideas? Were you writing them down on a list and blasting through them? Or was it just on a whim?
1: Man, a lot of it's just um, what I'm like, what I'm experiencing in real time and then how I can keep the confidentiality of my clients and tenants. And, but still provide a value based on what I'm learning in real time, whether I'm, you know, getting kicked in the head on a deal because I put my foot in, I said something I shouldn't have said or yeah. messed up a number. Um, so I, I'm an on the win kind of creator. I should be a little more regimented mm. and I'm getting there.
0: I don't think you should quite quite the opposite actually um, a good friend of mine i was discussing this with her yesterday morning actually glenda baker you probably know her from tiktok as well um, and we were talking about the 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 gamification of social media right you mentioned instagram earlier it is a very fake platform a lot of people i mean you can see it like if you're watching right now and you see an instagram account has 50,000 followers and you go on the comments and you're like oh look at the engagement 150 comments go to their last four posts you're going to see the same nine accounts that they're paying to just repost comments on, yeah. their, on their account. That's the reality of what that uh, that platform's become. Hopefully, they figure it out and find a way to clean it up. I know guys like Peter McKinnon are screaming from the rooftops, like, go back to being a creative outlet. You're not TikTok. TikTok, you, Glenda, the people that I actually follow, they're very transparently human. They're very transparently themselves versus the people that I see on TikTok that are almost, you know, cartoonifying themselves into these extreme non-humans that they're trying to gamify and trigger people into engaging with the algorithm to build their audience. I don't think that's sustainable. I think what you're doing is sustainable to a much bigger degree.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. And that goes back to what you were saying about frequency and posting. Like, if you are not talking about something you don't like, there's just no way that you can do this long term and and to relate it back to myself i could never have done this with the cat the entire time like i just feel super super lucky that my friend told me to do that at the right time it made sense and i love what i talk about um and and if you don't have to love finance or you don't have to love business and and if you love something niche uh there's uh there, probably somebody else loves whatever you love that's niche to on the internet, if you could talk about that at infinitum.
0: I know a guy, programmer, musician, and he started a TikTok channel for creating miniatures. Like he just likes painting little figurines and it blew up because he's just really super passionate about it. You should see the stuff this guy's creating. And it's fly fishing, doesn't matter what it is. I think we do live in a world where it's cool that these multi-billion dollar companies are putting these platforms in place that you can just tap into if you're thoughtful about what you're putting out there in your niche, right? Like you're not a scattergun. You're very focused with your niche. Um, And we, I want to touch on this. Like how did you discover your niche and how important do you think it is to kind of stay within that lane or, or that, that river of information to catch the right people?
1: Sure. Well, there's a, there's a thing in sales that directly applies to in my opinion, social media called the 80, 20 rule. And the 80, 20 rule is that you should be providing a value 80% of the time and then selling 20% of the time. Mm -hmm. And by providing a value 80% of the time and selling 20% of the time, people get to know you like, like everybody knows that person on the internet that all they do is post when they closed something and like nobody cares about nobody that does. content. Like people would rather see you a picture of you and your one-eyed cat instead of just closed every single post. It's boring, right? People want to get to know you. They want to know your personality. So the 80, 20 rule in sales, in my opinion, I apply that to my social media strategy, which is, it's kind of funny. I do. I Eighty percent commercial real estate, twenty percent me. Yeah, who I am behind the scenes. But I'm uh, not loyal to that number. But that's what I, how I try to m- get it so I can talk about my niche eighty percent of the time, and then show my personality another twenty percent.
0: And I like that you explained it like that and tell me if I'm wrong, but I do feel like a lot of people they're looking for this perfect blueprint. Give me the secret, give me the easy button, you know, give me your Asana planning document. And then like, I don't think it works like that. Most of the people that I know that did it, they built the muscle and it's almost like an, an intuitive thing that you can, you feel when you're floating between that 80 20 and like, is that how you monitor or are you very systems driven and you actually have it all planned out?
1: Oh no. I don't have it planned out. <laughs> yeah. I just try to stay somewhat aware of what I'm posting and like where the most eyes are like right now. I'm like heavily testing YouTube shorts. Yeah, I wouldn't say I have a devoted following on YouTube. Yeah. I have like, I mean, I've grown in the last two weeks because I've been posting like a maniac because I heard that that algorithm was popping.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I, I don't have like, I have 700 subscribers. So I'm assuming that my subscribers are not like coming across a ton of my content because there are very few people who well, they're, they're,
0: it's interesting. There's two, like it's almost like the creators I know on YouTube that are doing it big almost want YouTube to separate the two channels. Cause the viewers that watch the shorts aren't the viewers that watch their main channel. I'm going to send you a book. Um, have you do, you read YouTube secrets by Dare leaves. No. I'm going to gift it to you. Would you like an audio book or a paperback? Audio. I'm going to send it to you when we're done this. So you like the algorithm. He he really does explain the methodology behind it and what you did in TikTok. You're going to do in YouTube if you're consistent, for sure, because it's fascinating to see. I actually think TikTok is the closest thing to the YouTube algorithm where it's working when you're not, where Instagram and Facebook requires you to actively post, right? Where I get TikTok, you have to actively post, but like do a lot of your old TikToks still produce tons of views and, and content?
1: Oh yeah. I was um I was getting married and not po- I was posting less. And that was when I really realized the algorithm was still pushing out a ton of content st- consistently that I had been making
0: for the last year and a half. So I muted myself to make sure I pulled up the book to send it to you. I referenced the wrong book. The well, book I referenced was YouTube Secrets by Benji Travis, Sean Cannell. Benji's been on this podcast. Awesome dudes. Um, YouTube Formula is Daryl Leave's book. So I'm going to send you the YouTube Formula, and I'm going to send you some videos from Benji and Sean, because I think you're going to have a lot of fun with that too. Deal. Okay. Commercial. Re- <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Thank you. No problem. My pleasure. Um, the commercial real estate industry. So we're talking to a lot of brokers, business owners, people that are in the industry. Again, agents that maybe they, they're not finding their footing in, in residential real estate. I would love to walk them down the path of commercial real estate that they're scared. The industry seems so closed. What are your thoughts on the industry and the future of the commercial real estate industry?
1: Sure. So I feel like commercial real estate is one of the last frontiers that has like not adopted modern technology. And so I have seen it as a massive advantage in uh, my business. And what I want to stress is that there's so much opportunity still like it's unbelievable how resistant the commercial real estate industry is towards this uh, social media Mm -hmm. branding. And it's nothing but opportunity for anybody who wants to put in the work. Now, the question is, is how do I get a job in commercial real estate? And the answer to that question, it's, that wasn't your question, but I get this question a lot. No, It's,
0: it's the right question.
1: I figured I'd just say it first to get your license. Don't try to do it without your license. Once you have your license, you go to Google, well, first, you contact anybody you know in the industry and you take them to coffee and you pay for it or to lunch and pay for it. Then try to get them to connect you with someone. If they can just try to get any connection to a firm or a managing broker. If that doesn't work, that's fine. You're going to go to Google. You're going to type in commercial real estate brokerage and you're going to find all the commercial real estate brokerages that come on up on the first and second page of Google, you're going to write them down. Then you're going to find out who the managing broker is, what their phone number is. Then you're going to call them, every managing broker. And you're going to you are not going to email them. You're going to call them. And you're going to ask them to meet with you. And if you do not want to call them, if we don't want to get past that step, you're gonna have a very difficult time in this industry. You have to be very, very comfortable picking up the phone. Just saying, and and, and talking is actually, in my opinion, can be more fun and easier than texting. But yeah, even, there's a but there's a good there's a place for all forms of communication anyway. Uh, you call the managing brokers, ask them to meet with you. Whoever agrees to meet with you, that's your interview. Now you're going into a job interview. And you're going to have to convince the first question I got asked at every single commercial real estate interview I had was do you have sales experience or do you have real estate experience? Well, if you're a a residential broker, you have experience and the industries are not that different. I mean, they are, but transacting, the steps of transacting property isn't that different between residential and commercial. So they're going to ask you if you have sales experience, a real estate experience. And then you're going to tell them how hard you're going to work sourcing your own leads because they are going to expect you to source leads and you can and will. Um, And that's how you get a job in commercial real estate.
0: I like it. And it's true. Like if you're residential or commercial, it's lead generation to qualification conversations, to showing, to contract, to to closing, to make sure the (laughs) building doesn't blow up before closing. So very straightforward. Um, You know, now how do you merge the two? You're working on creating a social media platform. You're coming into an archaic industry and you're looking to revolutionize it. How, what is your future of what the potential is? Because you almost have like an ed tech platform combined with a brokerage, right? So how are you merging those two worlds?
1: That's a good question. I am trying to figure out the answer to that as well. I, um, like I was explaining earlier, I feel like, commercial real estate is a long game. And I feel like, like the exploration of the power that the internet has had on commercial real estate. I feel like we've hit probably like 2% of like realizing the power of the commercial of commercial real estate on the internet. And so my plan is to just test everything doing everything in the industry and um, and just continue to see what i like what i don't like you know i noticed i like education i didn't know that before i started talking to people on the internet about commercial real estate so it's it's um there's like i said there's just so much opportunity i've got a brokerage i have a membership which is like a course with live calls that i just dropped and just funds in the work and meanwhile brokering all day trying to lease and sell things so just it's it's just testing and seeing what you like and what works and that's my plan
0: I, I like it you're kind of gamifying your life right I think that you're integrating things that you have a passion for when you say live calls are these like cold calls or, or calls with tenants that you are have recordings of?
1: no 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 so this is like a zoom call like yeah. a zoom
0: oh okay yeah, yeah yeah that makes sense
1: yeah with like uh guests and uh, live deal analysis and a lot of just fun different ways to interact. And like quite literally my goal is to like have a network where people can make deals, like a, literally like a social network for commercial real estate, where it could be like, I'm searching for this. And somebody could be like, I want to sell that. And they can talk like a Facebook. That would be, I don't know. That'd be cool do deals on the internet.
0: I said to you before we were recording, like I'm, I'm going to be at a big investment seminar with people that are, are interested in this type of stuff. And it's fascinating because you know, the network that's ran by these two partners I've been working with for years, they have an interest in the States. Like we do live in a global village where there's no reason why somebody that's watching this podcast that wants to connect with you can't use me as a conduit, right? It's, it's half of why I do these conversations is I'm just a people connector. I think that's my, my role. I don't really know. I'm trying to figure it out as I go, but I love talking to people. Um, And I do think you're going to find that organically just by doing the thing. Second thing I want to point out that I'm noticing as you're talking, the thirst for knowledge and learning, that piece is, you know, you put yourself in a position where you're going to continue doing it. So you're organically going to get better because you're searching for knowledge to share with your network, your community, which will lead to work. I want to touch on that. You know, does your TikTok actually lead to real deals and phone calls or does it translate to real life business? Because some people watching this may think oh it's for it's for you know dancing cats and kids, <laughs> right?
1: First off, don't say anything bad about dancing cats.
0: I like dancing cats, like Her- it's Harry,
1: right? Henry, but Henry, it's sorry, fun. Henry. <laughs> um do I do okay, do I do deals from TikTok? Here's the thing. Uh, I was taught In my very early stages of learning real estate they tell you that you need to become the mayor of your town which in 1990 meant that your face was on a bus stop or a fancy billboard and at the grocery store your name your face was on the thing that and whoever posted the most and knocked on the most doors and had the most bus stops was the mayor of the town of uh, the agents and they crushed it in that whatever area. Uh, so I thought about, okay, how do I become the mayor of warehouses? This like demographically, like I couldn't be less demographic in this indi- like demographically placed in this industry. How do I become the mayor of the warehouses in Colorado? Just, okay, well, Social media is free, and everybody's doing it. Like, look at I, my my obsession is with like human behavior. What do I do if I okay? So I realize I'm recently I want to go to Cancun. I go to TikTok. I type in Cancun, and I see the coolest whatever the coolest stuff is on TikTok. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, that behavior, everybody. If I'm doing that everybody else is doing that. Yeah, it's true. And, and so obsessing with then where do I place myself to be in that line of fire to be the mayor of the town? And that's um, on the internet. Like the best examples when Gary Vaynerchuk was like, there's no point to having a billboard because everybody in the car, even the driver are on their phone.
0: I always say the only people look at billboards are agents thinking that that's going to be the solution to their business and other agents that are like, look at my billboard. Right. That's pretty much it. But yeah.
1: So, uh, understanding that, okay, I could become the warehouse mayor in Denver because TikTok and Instagram are geo local, which Mm -hmm. means when you put out content, it, uh, starts closer to you and then spreads out. Okay, I could become the mayor of warehouses in Denver. Turns out um, that nobody else wanted to be the mayor of warehouses in Denver, so I have no competition, and that's how it like and that's how it's transpired. Do I get deals from TikTok? I have done deals from TikTok, but my best story is the first one I ever got. My best friend here in Denver is a residential real estate broker. And so we do a lot of referrals and I was sitting, I had a client late for a showing. I, it was like nighttime and I just go live on TikTok and I was not live for more than 10 minutes and somebody came on the live and asked me, uh, um, for a referral for a Denver residential broker. Nice. I told her to DM me on Instagram. She DM'd me. Sent the deal to my friend Leah. Leah closed it, and I got twenty five percent. So that so it was like ridiculous to be like, oh my god. Yeah. So and that's just the referrals. So it's um it, it I am not selling warehouses daily from TikTok, but I am definitely getting business, and I uh. Have started the process of like becoming the warehouse person on the internet. That's like it, that you know instead of my town now it's the internet, and I don't see myself as anywhere near there. like I think it's a life journey and but I like sharing my story online, so just gonna keep doing it
0: I, lo- I love that answer. You definitely saw like a latent indicator that you know there is value in the platform and posting but that's not your end game right i think a lot of people the reason i asked that question a lot of people are chasing i need the followers i need the views i need it to turn into actual business and they're doing it for the wrong reasons where you're genuinely doing it for the audience zero expectation of return and that's when the return actually comes and it can come in form of building side businesses it can come in forms of things that you never thought were possible but you're truly authentic and you're really doing it for the right reasons. So that's why I brought you on the podcast. I saw that when we talked with the Suriant crew, right?
1: Well, the thing is, is like as a consumer, right? This goes back to thinking like the consumer instead of thinking about your best interests as a consumer, the type of content you want to consume is going to be beneficial for you. Right? So, why would I put out content that's not going to be beneficial for people watching it? They're not going to follow me. They're not going to want to watch it. So instead of making content, that's good for me, I make content that's good for you and then you as a result will want to follow me. And I do that through value add content, right? The content that I put out is valuable to you because I'm talking about a leasing strategy, how to negotiate your rent with your landlord. You could probably show somebody that tip and it would apply to them. Mm -hmm. The whole strategy is value add content. The other strategy is entertainment content. I'm just not that entertaining. So I go for the value. I
0: disagree. The Kim Kardashian (laughs) post you did would say otherwise.
1: Okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, Hey. I can't. Yeah,
0: that was a good one. An audience watching, you're going to have to go to her TikTok to actually see that post. I want to value your time. I'm going to ask you a couple rapid fire questions, get you out of here. I'm going to get you in for that investment mastermind down the road. I'll introduce you to some awesome people. Definitely appreciate you taking the time and doing the extra shoot for me. I'm up to this rapid fire, though. Let's do this. Up to this point in your career and life, what is the greatest lesson you've learned?
1: Um, Oh, the greatest lesson is always do the right thing.
0: I love that answer very, very much. And somebody like you that probably has a good idea of what that, you know, 80-20 rule is or your 80% skill set that you're a black belt at, 20% of your brain is probably learning something. What are you learning right now?
1: Right now, I am learning podcasting. I'm learning about podcasting. I'm learning about the TikTok. Or I'm sorry. I'm, I'm learning about the YouTube algorithm. I'm learning about... Um, how to make a converting website.
0: I love that. And if you need somebody to help you syndicate your podcast, I have an amazing guy. He's ultra affordable and I'll make that connection to you.
1: Let's go. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I got you. Um, Number three, how has failure shaped your life?
1: Failure is the cornerstone to all my successes because you can't have success without failure. So failure is how you learn. Failure is how you refine. Failure is how you get better. And you cannot be successful without failure because it's just part of the build. It's part of building a foundation. Like I couldn't come on here and just start talking about commercial real estate. If I literally didn't know anything about it, I had to build the foundation before I could talk to people about it. And that applies to anything.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. And you you definitely couldn't come on this podcast if it wasn't for Henry. So shout out to Henry out there. Last but not least, for you making the time for my audience, how can I add value to you? Where would you like me to point them? Would you like to just, Leave a message for everybody. My platform is yours.
1: That's very, very nice of you. Um, my name's Aviva. If you want to follow me on TikTok, uh my handle is real estate source. If you wanna reach out to me directly, my email is Aviva, A V I V A at warehousehotline.com. And I hope to hear from you and I really appreciate you having me.
0: Uh, you're the bomb like i said i like real people i am not for sale nobody can buy their way on this show and everybody go follow her tap her in thank her and if you learn something jump in the comments let us know who you are where you're from hit that subscription that notification button and if you want to hear the audio replay we are syndicated on all podcasting platforms just search the prime people podcast aviva and like i said go follow her tiktoks and let us know what you think about that kim kardashian post see you on the next one thanks aviva
1: thank you so much